to work, go high. This song's not like any song you know, ho high, ho high, ho high, ho high. Ho high, and welcome back to the mine. This is episode 7 of the Out of the Minds podcast. I'm Sean Oakley. And I'm Sam Cooper. And this week we're going to do something a little different from our normal format. Um, This episode is going to be aimed at people who may have picked up X-Wing over the last 12 months or so. um, And be played online as we all have been. And it's kind of aimed at people who maybe haven't yet had a chance to play in real life, but might be soon as things are starting to open up again. So, uh, full disclaimer, if you either have been playing for a long time or have, haven't have noticed the uh, lockdown restrictions, they haven't impeded your real-life play, maybe give this episode a skip because we're probably not going to mention anything you don't know. Wait for episode 8. Yeah. Okay, um, so yeah, we're gonna just talk about things that that will crop up that you won't you won't necessarily have come across um, playing on tabletop because of the way it works. Um, so let's get the what I thought was obvious one until our club night this week. You cannot put your ship down at setup and then whack a template down to check your first maneuver is going to fit. Yep. Turns out cheating is not allowed. But on to the propers. Yeah, so I guess the big stick out one for me is that all of a sudden, uh, when you're jousting your opponent and you get close to each other, doing the moves that might bump uh, suddenly gets a lot more complicated because whilst TTS, you'll just you just put in the move and go, and if it bumps, it bumps, and if it clears, it clears. Uh, in real life, it's a little bit more complicated to work that one out. Yeah, you've got to mark ships, move ships, there's wiggle room within the templates. Yeah, basically it slows things down, and I guess the the big thing is, is you're going to, and this is something that is relevant, is you're going to get less turns in real life than you do in Tabletop Simulator. Yeah, I was going to wrap a lot of uh, those sorts of things under one banner of most things take more time in real life um the possible exception is rolling dice yeah because you literally pick them up and roll them as opposed to having to click the number you need press r highlight them but moving ships takes more time setting up your list before your game even starts putting all your cards out takes more time um, uh, yeah just stuff like arc checks arc checks are way <laughs> are way more contested <laughs> arc check yes arc checks now you you get your range ruler out you might have to mark a ship and pick it up if it's going straight across it there's always the fraction of oh is it in is it out you know you don't have a chat to tell you it's a single pixel in no uh if you have a laser line that's useful uh, but make sure you know how to use your laser line. Two elbows on the table. Uh, yeah, and still not a hundred percent accurate, nor an official way of measuring. Should you be playing at an upcoming tournament? I mean, most most players will will go with it because you just watch the other person and 
say, yeah, you're happy. Or if you go, I think you're wiggling a bit, may I have a go? And, you know. The one thing that doesn't change from moving online to moving in person is is the friendliness of the community. You know, you're still playing the same people and the majority of them are just as kind in real life as they are over Discord. Ain't that the truth. Uh, what else? God, have, have we already run out of things? Like we kind of... No. But, um, yeah, just to sum up, I think an average game, you're probably looking at at least two turns less in real yeah. life. Especially if your opponent is playing a swarm. Or you're playing a swarm. Yeah, that will go up the higher the ship count in the game. Um, okay, uh, so on to other things that have cropped up. Um, Obstacle flicking, ship flicking. Accidental nudging. By God, it's easy to accidentally nudge an asteroid. Just so easy. Like, just a little yep. flick and they, they scoot across the uh, the map. Or, or if you're trying to line up that... You're trying to line your dude up so you don't hit the asteroid and you just clip the edge and it flips up. Oh, God, yeah. Um, and the same goes with ships, you know. You're putting it, you're placing your ship on the board and you lift your hand up and you, you're not quite paying attention and you nudge a ship that's just to the side of it. Um, or one that, although doesn't affect gameplay, is annoying. When you put... A lot of people put their dead ships on the cards in front of them, and I have a really bad tendency of pulling my elbow away and knocking a ship that's already died <laughs> and off the table, onto the floor every time you cringe and hope you're not going to break the model. Yeah. Real life issues I guess is the, the sum up of this one is, turns out, you can't. there's no lock button in real life. Not one that crops up every time, but something to consider is um, turret indicators. Yes. If your turret indicator is a little loose... It can swing from where you think it is to where to another arc, or end up sort of on the line in the middle. Um, so I always just make sure that I've got reasonably tight fitting turret indicators, or if they are a little loose, because I tend to use the acrylic over the cardboard ones that come with FFG ships. Um, just rub a, a, a small amount of like blue tack on the inside, just enough to make it a little more tacky. Something that doesn't pop up for us, Sean, actually, might pop up for other people, especially if they've just got into it, is ships sliding Ooh, across the board. Yes. And that's not a problem for us because we have stuck a little like rubber dots to the underside of our bases. Uh, and it gives the ships a lot more grip on your table because without them, they tend to slide. Yeah. It's easier to nudge them. It's easier to to slide them out of position. Um, yeah, the little... I mean, the ones I get are, I think, off Amazon, one ninety nine for 100, I think. And you just stick four, one in each corner. Um, and they're actually... The majority of the ones you'll find on Amazon um, are the right size that you get grip, but it doesn't actually lift the base off. Um, yeah. Yeah. Off the That's mat. really useful. Because you don't want that. I mean, what else is there to say? Uh, helping your opponent. Ah, yes. Helping your opponent. That's a good one. In TTS, you don't have to worry about helping your opponent. Help, doing Moving your ships on the other side of the board. The computer does it for you. Uh, but in 
uh, reaching over the other side of the board in real life is a little bit more tricky, and especially during COVID times. Now, obviously, this I would say this point may change depending on where you are and how it, how it's being organised. But generally, like it's just nice to like when you're when if your opponent's ship is on your side of the board and they've done a too hard, just use it, do it doing your template. It's a lot easier than your opponent either reaching over, potentially reaching over all the other ships on the board, when you can just do it quite easily. Um, and it's just a, a basically simple um, yeah etiquette almost. I mean, it's 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 gentlemanly, isn't it? It's sports, good sportsmanship. Um, but I would like to point out that the Out of the Minds podcast does recommend you adhere to all COVID restrictions in your local area. <laughs> yes, like I said, take this advice may not be relevant right now because it may be better to just uh, you touch your stuff, your opponent touches their stuff, and you leave it at that. You know, basically, whatever you're comfortable with yeah. that's within the realms of the current laws in the country you may be in. Exactly. Right, indeed. Uh, what else have we got? What, what else can we add to this? I guess back to the Ark Indicators. Um, this isn't really a thing I... Uh, Ark Indicators are... You double-check people's Ark Indicators. Whilst in TTS, most people use the option that has a little arrow sticking out the end of the ship. That does not exist in real life. So make sure you double-check yes. the Ark Indicators. Uh, I, kn I know that the FFG official cardboard ones have much bigger arrows than the um, usual acrylic ones people are using. I noticed that on Chris's ship, like the the number indicator for his ship and that like would pair on with his target lock is much bigger than the actual arrows on his um, on, on, on yeah. his um, Falcon's yeah. arc indicator, and that can get a little confusing at a glance because you see the great big like nubs sticking out and think it's the arc. Actually, it's just the numbers. Uh, that's not. That's. I guess that's. No, maybe that's not really a getting getting into real life issue. That's a just pay attention to what uh, things your opponent is using because in TTS everything's kind of standardised, uh, but not so in real life. Everyone usually has their own like little thing that they've bought that makes it easier for them. But maybe not. And it's not intentionally hard for the opponents. But maybe just double check what your opponent's yeah. using. Um, and on I suppose that note of everyone doing things a little differently a little their own way um a lot more people when flying multiple chassis um, especially generics will use numbering as opposed to colors like you do on tts yes um so always pay attention to what number ship you're shooting which number has taken most damage you know don't don't be afraid to ask your opponent oh uh which one's taken two shields is it five or number seven and you know, verify the ship you're shooting at, or trying to dodge, or or whatever interacting with, is the one you actually want to do that with. Do you have any have any interesting games? I know you've jumped into Resistance. Tangent, by the way, everyone listening. <laughs> yeah, I've um, I've been flying a bit of Resistance recently. Um, just a a nice bit of a break from Republic. Um, and I've been flying Death Ray and Superpo. Um, well, I wouldn't call it death ray. You have like a fourteen point bid. Throw some more shit in there. I mean, there's not much more I can. I throw have a one hundred point Kanduku, uh, Sean. What are you doing? A ninety-eight point ray. Yeah. Throw some more shit on there. There's got to be something more you can throw on. 
I mean, I could I could throw it. No, uh, actually, I think I have in my new one, which is another. Um, I could throw a missile on her, but that just seems pointless. Patience. Um, maybe. You've got Corsella, you've got Finn, you've got... Suddenly, this becomes a list-building podcast. Lane Falcon, False Transponders, Modification, uh, let's see, if you went Stealth Device, there, instant 100 points. However, the tangent has brought me full circle back to something for real life. When you're at home uh, building your list... And you're using whichever list building app, website is your preferred form. And you're thinking about going to a real life tournament. Make sure you've got the cards for your list. Because obviously that's not something that you have to think about on TTS. It just spawns them. Um, But there are certain cards that have only come in a few or a singular expansion so far. Yes, um, that is true. The collection tools on the list builders are very useful things. Yeah, I really should use that. I just, I just go for it and then try and blag a card off someone if I haven't got it. Normally uh, you. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're playing off-faction, ignore the collection. It doesn't matter. You're playing off-faction in TTS, and it doesn't matter. Uh, people are usually all right with proxying stuff. Yeah. Hell, I played. I played the first game yesterday. I didn't even get the scimitar title out on my infiltrator. I just was playing like I had scimitar. <laughs> it took me until the middle of the second game to realise I hadn't even put the title on the board. Yeah, so you, you, your casual meetups is absolutely fine. Just if um, once official, well, I say official events, store events, I suppose. Yeah. Start start going up again. Something to bear in mind. Right, come on, Sam. We've got to find like at least five more minutes of stuff to talk about. Five more minutes of stuff. It's hard to say though, because like, what can we what can we say that we haven't covered? Um, things are going to take longer. Like, um, from, I I don't want to say anything about the meta because like, whilst I think the meta might change, I think I think that you'll see less um, swarms of stuff. And okay, that's. But like, yeah, that's how not... how relevant is it? Like, because I, I I voiced this opinion back when Spamtex was dominant because I I didn't think that it would be super dominant in if uh, events are still happening in real life because how many people would actually buy six Spamtex? Yeah, no, uh, I think that's actually a reasonable thing to talk about because it's something you would consider at your list building stage. Um, yes, there are going to be people who have. Is it? either take eight tie FOs or is it seven M3As you generally tend to do? I think it's like eight these days, isn't it? Eight M3As, you know. Um, there will be people that do that, but it's a much less... Uh, you, you're, it's a lower percentage of people that you'd see that with. You know, if you're... If, you're, if you've got a list that you really want to fly but it's not fantastic against swarms you probably will see less of them at a real life tournament um i'd probably say average shit counts four or five yeah i imagine you'll see more of the beef or oh it's hard it's hard to say i don't know i until I go to a full-on real-life tournament, I guess I don't know, but my, I would guess it would tend to smaller, like, more sanity uh, mixes, more AC. 
just be because yeah. you don't have to own the ships to play on TTS. And that's it. That's a, that's another thing. It's pe- people won't bring eight ships either because they don't want to physically move eight ships or they don't own eight ships. And uh, we we do that quite a lot actually, don't we? In our list building, oh, I really have to fly this. We're like, oh, I don't have enough of uh, the T seventies. Yeah. I better take three instead of four and slip something else in instead. Or or like the reason I haven't been flying frisbees is because I don't have four. And I don't like fly. I I personally don't like flying three plus whatever I can fit in left. It doesn't quite feel right. Uh, spoiler: Sam now has yeah, four. Well, yes, I've now bought a fourth, but neither here nor there, Sean. God, until some poor person has to play against it, probably me. Even knowing how contrary I am, I'll get the fourth one that just not play for frisbees. I'm already looking at droid swarms again. I mean, that does sound like you. Yes, yes. Um, okay, so we've talked. Ah, um, something that's not likely to crop up, but is technically a rule. Um, dice pool. Um, in the rules in the tournament regulations, you are entitled to use your opponent's dice. Or to add all the dice into a dice pool, um, and roll them as your dice. I've never known anyone want to do that because everyone has a... has their own dice. Well, I mean that everyone has official dice, but it is a rule. Um, if you, I did have it once where I was playing against a guy who only had three of each dice. Uh, so what comes in the standard set, and was rolling a lot of um, four four shot uh, four die shots, um, and what he was doing was rolling the three, and then depending on the results, re-rolling one. And I said to him, I said, you know, you're more than happy to to take one of mine and roll it, and it just makes life a little bit easier. Yeah, and that makes sense. It's like. As long as, as long as long as you start and end with the same dice you either both showed up with, then it almost doesn't matter which dice you bring back. Like when yeah, it comes exactly. down to it, a, a red X-wing dice is a red X-wing dice. It is indeed, unless you've got some different ones. Yeah, unless you've got some fancy some ones. Maybe you want some in a tournament. Maybe you bought a related Star Wars game that has identical dice, well, and then maybe. took the dice out of that game and then put the game to bed. <laughs> For the most expensive dice expansion pack ever. That would be an expensive uh, expansion pack, Sam, yes. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't know, I didn't buy it. Do you know anything about that, Sean? (laughs) No, no, because I haven't put the game to bed. (laughs) Uh, Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, There is one thing that's sort of related to the, um, the ship bumping. Is it's also quite easy to scat your tokens everywhere. Um, yes. Which when you've got yes, shield. this I've got a, I've got a thing. I've interrupted you, but I've got a, I've just remembered thing. This came up when I was playing, like what um, I was uh, I and my opponent were doing in my second game was when we lost a shield, we just removed the token, and put it in our box because a neither of us had a way to recover the shields, and it was going to be the last game, so we were sort of preemptively packing up. Yeah, that's that's fair. 
Um, so yeah, um, tokens, especially when they're things like shields, charges, uh, ones that are flippable, just have a rough idea normally of, of what your ship states are so that, you know, if you do scat some shields, you know, oh, that one had already lost two shields, despite the fact you've just put all three of them on the floor. Um, so you've got a rough idea. Should something catastrophic happen, you can put it back to a reasonably good game state. Um, and that means if anything did happen, that like, well, we'd already put away some of the things. So anything that went back, like this is the this is the max it could be based on the game state. But moving on to the point that I thought up uh, a second ago about bumping. If you are bumping, uh, one tip to work out where your ship should go is um i don't know i I haven't looked at my cardboard templates in a long time it might be a trickier to do but if you're doing a turn or a straight and you bump take another template line it up with the end of the one you're using to follow and then that will get where you can easily follow like the template to its conclusion so if you're doing a turn put like a two straight at the end of it um Mark, like mark your, mark the ship that you bump into. Put a two straight at the end of your template, and then just follow the templates a, 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 around. Yes, you're going to end up with ships on templates most likely, but you can usually slip them under and get them out. But it just it's easy. It makes it so much easier to accurately do it rather than sort of guessing just using the template you're using to move. Just add a template to the end of where you're going, and that way your ship can follow it as far as and you can get go. your opponent to help you. Um, Chris and I had that on our game this week, uh, where basically, because you can't, it's very hard to see both sides of the ship, so just get one person to go, okay, is the front lined up, the other person go, is the back lined up, it's, you know, work together, it's a lot easier. Um, but that's, that's brought me on to another point, actually, Sam, they're all rolling now. <laughs> um, if you're, if you're moving, um, and you're doing a hard turn... Ah, side to side. Y- yes, you're going to go through a another ship. Um, there is a way, technically unofficial, but almost everyone does it. I think it's unofficial, and also I don't think it works for medium bases because they aren't square. This is yeah, this is small and large bases only. But if you're doing a hard turn, what you can do is actually line it up with the center line on the side. And then making sure that you put the ship facing the right way. If you line it up on the other side with the same center line. Yeah. Then you'll be facing the right way. That is the same move as putting it on the front template. We, we just call it the side to side. It means you can Basically a weird side slip. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to explain without having some sort of visual uh, aid. But it is a way of... Of, a, of saving time, I suppose, because you're not marking ships, you're not um, taking time doing that. It works on all the hard turns. It also works on talon rolls. Um, all you have to bear in mind is when you put your ship down... That's the centre point. After moving it, that's the centre point. So you still have the option to go forwards, backwards from that. Okay, um, I think that's probably going to wrap it up because we are really running out of in real life. Yeah, and yeah, pretty much. And if you did, if you sat through that, uh, and all you're thinking at the end is, "Well, I knew all that." Like we did warn you. 
we we did warn you. <laughs> we probably we probably this is this is this is we're going back to basics. This is mostly people. If, if you haven't played real life in a long time, uh, and if you've only played TTS, maybe here are some things that you've forgotten. I guess actually, final addendum: the scale on TTS is different to the scale in real life. So you might find that your eye for where ships go is off. Obviously, if you're really good at the game and you just you just have that ability to know where things go, this is completely irrelevant. But the Yes, the the scale in TTS is a little off to real life because obviously but, it's, but it's, it's a board, it's a game, uh, a PC game. It's hard, it's hard to translate the screen to real life. But as we always say, if you're really good at this game, you're probably not listening to our podcast. Also true. Or you just really like the sound of mine and Sam's voice. And I mean, they are really nice. Kudos, voices. kudos. But yeah, thanks for sitting through this slight rambling episode. Um, if you are new to in real life, hopefully there's. Um, you know, a few things in here that have helped. Um, if anybody who is new has any questions about anything that we've asked and wants a bit more clarification, um, feel free to hit us up, send us a message on the um, Tim Squadron Facebook page, um, and then we can always, if needs be, use visual aids to help. Help with that. Right, I think that's about going to wrap it up. Yeah, pretty much. It's not too bad. Hopefully, hopefully we weren't a bit too incoherent and we weren't too rambly, but we were kind of just vomiting out everything we could, everything we realised when we played yesterday. Uh, and if you're jealous, ha! No, no, Sam. If you're jealous, don't worry. You'll get to real life soon. Also, ha! No, Sam. We're not that kind of podcast. We're a little bit like that podcast. <laughs> We can right. we can have some snark. <laughs> like Cornwall's been ignored for so long, and now we get to play before everyone else does. Oh, not really. It's the whole UK. It's not just Cornwall, is it? Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's true. That's all from us this week. If you like what you heard, then don't forget to subscribe to keep up to date with all our latest releases. We also stream live on Twitch every Tuesday evening, and all of our matches are uploaded to our YouTube channel. Just search for Tin Squadron. And that way you can join us next week as we continue to drag ourselves out of the mines. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. I really hope you guys enjoyed this. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Ta-ta! We probably should have, like, actually come up with plans and things to talk about beforehand, shouldn't we? <laughs> I've, yeah, I've run maybe, out of... Yeah. I think we've kind of run through everything. Yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm just trying to think of things off the top of my head now, and... Yeah.